Inflation in the US is below the 5% psychological mark in April. That softer than expected CPI print boosted the Federal Reserve's rate cut expectations, of course, sent the US yields and the US dollar lower and Nasdaq to the highest level since last August. Now, across the Atlantic Ocean, though, the Bank of England will announce a 25 basis point hike today, but the British will hardly close the door to further interest rate hikes in the UK with looming inflation and rising wages on the island. So welcome. This is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So I was discussing at yesterday's episode whether higher inflation is good or bad for crude oil prices and I was actually arguing that higher inflation would mean a more hawkish outlook for the Federal Reserve's monetary policy and hence would be rather negative for crude oil prices and this is certainly why we actually saw oil prices rebound yesterday after the release of the latest US CPI figure even though gains that we saw in crude oil remained limited and we are again nowhere other than around $73 per barrel level this morning at the time I'm talking here. But anyway, US inflation came in slightly better than expected yesterday. The headline figure actually slipped below the 5% psychological mark to 4.9% in April. Core inflation eased to 5.5% as expected, yet the monthly headline figure jumped to 0.4% from 0.1% printed a month earlier, but that was also expected. So the only surprise in that inflation report was the yearly headline figure that slipped below the 5% psychological mark to 4.9%. So it's not a big deal, but as I said, it's below a psychological level. And as for crude oil, well, the rebound that we saw in prices right after the data didn't last long as the oil bulls were convinced for building onto the initial rally apparently plus the Chinese inflation figures uh, that were printed just earlier this morning showed a faster than expected fall in the Chinese inflation both in consumer and producer prices last month Chinese producing inflation actually fell to the lowest levels in two years while the producer price inflation recorded the sharpest decline in nearly three years so in plain English and combined with the slowing exports and imports numbers that we had earlier this week while the Chinese reopening story is not creating the fireworks that many many of us hope for to boost global growth so no wonder crude oil demand remains contained for now and when I look at the metals well copper futures are on a clear downtrending path since the start of this year now back to the US inflation story the falling US inflation is feeding into higher demand in the U.S. Treasuries right now. The U.S. two-year yield slipped back below that 4% psychological mark yesterday on expectations that the Federal Reserve's latest interest rate hike was certainly the last one and rate cut expectations jumped again, of course. Pricing now suggests that the Federal Reserve will likely cut its interest rates by 75 basis points before this year ends. So the question is, is it reasonable? Well, 
Yes and no. No, obviously, because inflation is cooling in the US, but the numbers that we have today are still more than twice compared to where the Federal Reserve wants them to be, meaning that 2% policy target. And unfortunately, the downside potential from the actual levels in inflation could be lower as most of the decline that we saw so far is due to the decent fall in energy prices which have however mostly stabilized since a couple of months now so if we take the inflation fight alone into account well the federal reserve should actually continue hiking the interest rates moving forward but we also know obviously that the bank stress that we saw in u.s regional banks is tightening credit conditions in a way to you know, help the Federal Reserve to do its job, meaning to restrict credit in a way to slow economic growth and ease inflation as a result. And today, the consensus, the market consensus is that the Federal Reserve's latest rate hike, as I said, was certainly its last for this tightening cycle. And if that's the case, well, looking at what happened over the past 40 years, well, five over the past six tightening cycles in the US ended with the Federal Reserve immediately cutting the interest rates right after a peak in the race, except in 2018, where the interest rates remain at peak levels for around five months before being pulled down again. So investors are not fully wrong or crazy to expect the Federal Reserve to get back to work, but on the opposite direction by cutting the interest rates. In this context, the sudden pressure that we see these days on the US dollar does make sense, even more so, and inflation numbers actually hint that the trend, the trend in inflation is in the right direction to the downside, even though I can almost guarantee you that we will won't see US inflation back at 2% policy target anytime this year and probably anytime before the Federal Reserve restarts cutting the interest rates. And this is why the price rallies that we may see in the US seller actually do remain interesting opportunities for the top sellers for a further slide in the greenback toward fresh year-to-date lows. And while the softer yields in the US, however, continue playing in favor of stocks, Obviously, even if recession is bad for stock valuations because it means slower economic growth, recession is not here just yet, but the lower yields are here and they do support valuations to the upside. As a result, the S&P 500 remains bid around the 4100 mark, while the rate-sensitive Nasdaq 100 advanced to its highest levels that we saw since last August yesterday. Now that's it for the Fed and for the US, a reach peak in terms of Fed hikes and expectation of a pause and even interest rate cuts in the coming meetings. So that's pretty much the discussion in the US, but across the Atlantic Ocean, expectations are somewhat different because the Bank of England, for example, is expected to raise its interest rate by 25 basis points when it meets today, but it will certainly leave the door open to further interest rate hikes in the coming meetings. I mean, it's good that Mr. Bay 
lady and Mr. Sunak think and communicate that inflation in Britain will fall sharply in the second half of this year. But for now, actually nothing but nothing in terms of hard data points at that direction, unfortunately. So that forecast of slower inflation, dramatically slower inflation, is nothing more than a wishful thinking for now. Because released yesterday, a report from Reed actually showed that average wages in the UK grew 10% year on year, matching the rise that we see in cost of living. So while that's really good news for workers and for everyone in the UK who can can at least recover a part of what they lose in terms of their purchasing power due to this uh, sky-high inflation in the UK. Well, note that you never really, really recover all of your losses due to inflation as you keep trying to catch up the price rallies when inflation is this high. But anyway, that 10% rise that we saw in salaries in the UK over the past year also means that inflation will likely be stickier and harder to combat for the Bank of England and that would require further interest rate hikes from the BOE. So the reasoning is, obviously, when a company raises its wages for its workers to maintain a certain profit margin, it also has to raise the final consumer prices for its products. So that's pretty much mathematical certainty. As a result, upside pressure in wages translates directly into upside pressure in consumer prices. So that's pretty much easy to understand. And in this context, with inflation hanging at about the 10% mark in Britain right now, I don't really see how the Bank of England could actually call the end of a tightening cycle right now. They could actually keep making this wishful forecast that the things would get like drastically better in the coming months in terms of inflation. And that could actually lead to some sort of dovish uh, statement from the Bank of England today. But the reality is that as long as we don't see inflation easing in Britain, like really easing in hard data, the divergence between the Federal Reserve, which now seems to be getting concrete results on its inflation fight, and the Bank of England, which watches Britain's hot inflation go nowhere should support the medium-term bullish outlook for cable. The pair is now about to break above a long-term downtrending channel top. And if it's done successfully, we could even see traders set their eyes back on that 130 psychological mark. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and interesting feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.